This is the Good Neighbor Podcast, the place where local businesses and neighbors come together. Here's your host, Patricia Blondheim. Welcome to the Good Neighbor Podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Blondheim, and today we have good neighbor Justin Holt. Justin is the owner and um, operator of Southern Ale House, which is a family business here in Tuscaloosa. Justin, how are you today? I'm well. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, tell us about Southern Ale House. Tell us about your business. Um, well, it's a uh, family-owned restaurant. We have been in business now in our ninth year. I think May 1st, March 1st will be our 10-year anniversary. It's hard to believe. Um, and, you know, we, we do kicked up Southern comfort food. Uh, we kind of look at ourselves as a, a little neighborhood spot where we sit um, just over over the river going uh, in Tuscaloosa, going towards Northport. And, um, you know, we've, we've, we've kind of developed a pretty good little, little following in the last 10 years. Oh, yeah. If you know Southern Ale House, you know Southern Ale House. And um, a lot of us really appreciate that sort of tavern vibe that you have, the friendly bar the um the quiet booths i mean it's not a quiet restaurant but you've got that those are those enclosed booths you've got the um the tavern food and it's good it's really good um so there's a lot of buzz going on about your new restaurant which is deli press can you give us a little preview i can i can yeah so um deli press will be at uh, 312 Merchants Walk, which is the former spot of Zoe's Kitchen. Um, Zoe's Kitchen bit was has been around for, for a long time, uh, 10, 12 years or so. And that whole corporate um, group was purchased by another group and they ultimately decided to close the location in Tuscaloosa because Zoe's Kitchen wasn't a thing anymore, um, which really just gave us an opportunity uh, to, to get in a good location close to uh, the L house. Um, and, uh, you know, our goal is always to for look for opportunities. I, I've got, we've got coworkers that have been with us for, I mean, the whole time we've been open for nine plus years. Um, and so uh, the, our goal is to always give them an opportunity to grow. And, and, and certainly we'd rather that happen within our business and them us, be together for eight years and then they go somewhere else. So, so that's, that's, that's ultimately what the goal was. Uh, we, we had an idea for a deli. We've had an idea for a deli idea for a while. Um, so this has kind of given us the avenue to, to, to try to get to that point. So um, that, that's, that's the why. Um, we, we've certainly had um, influences and in this town, I, I grew up here, been here, I'm, I'm 43. And the only time in my life I haven't been here was the six years I lived in Huntsville after I got married. Um, so when I was growing up, we had several delis that, that we all went to, International Deli, and obviously anybody that spent any time in Tuscaloosa in the 70s and 80s, uh, no Solomons, um, Subs in You Downtown. Um, and they, they were all locally owned places that you could go get a good sandwich that wasn't a franchise if you will 
Um, so using those three amongst you know, delis all over the South that we've been been to in the last year, uh, that's kind of been our inspiration. So all that to say, you know, that's what you're looking at. I, I, I've got a press, a panini style press. I've got two sandwich steamers to steam sandwiches. Um, the the deli press will be kind of a, a newspaper theme deli. Um, and then that's the route we're going to go. We're looking at probably 15 to 20 sandwiches and then you could build your own, um, a few salads. And of course, um, we, we, we cater quite often. So we'll, we'll have an avenue for people who want to cater sandwiches and such to their offices. Okay. Are you going to do anything in the way of, uh, say sides outside of chips? I mean, Oh yeah. So yeah. Uh, chips and, um, white cheddar, macaroni and cheese, deviled egg, potato salad, Cajun potato salad, bell pepper, slaw. Um, we'll do a couple of soups every week. Oh my. Okay. I that think, sounds terrific. I think I'm leaving some stuff out. I did fruit <laughs> salad, uh, that sort of thing. No, that sounds absolutely fabulous. So tell Tell our listeners, I know that Southern Ale House is a family business and you're in business with your father, but what what was your journey? Were you always destined to be in the restaurant business? Um, the answer is yes. Um, and I know that's, that's a pretty quick answer, um, but it's that's kind of the reality. I, I started working um, for all the local people that know this at Taylorville Diner. When I was 17 years old, so it would have been in 1997 when they when when they just opened up. It was actually the first restaurant that I was ever a part of opening, if you will, from the ground up. Um, I think at this point I've I've opened eight restaurants in my life, so just kind of kind of put put a, a timeline on things. Um, Drew Henson and Chris Bradshaw owned the diners that was 15th street diner northport diner and taylorville diner and of course drew owned cypress inn that's kind of how everybody everybody knows mm -hmm. that name and chris uh, worked for drew and then they went out and, and and did the diners and ultimately um went their own way and chris started the blue plate which is just like what we know now it was northport diner now it's blue plate um and i worked for that group for 14 years, I think 14 years. Um, I managed all three of those diners, uh, Cypress, I've, I've, mm -hmm. anything you can think of in a restaurant, I've, I've done it. Um, I graduated from Alabama, um, you know, degree in public relations in 2007 and decided I was gonna get out of the restaurant business. I got married and moved to Huntsville where I started a career in sales and I did it for about a year. And I thought, well, I hate this. <laughs> so I <laughs> um, met a, a couple of guys who wanted to open a Moe's original barbecue franchise in Huntsville. So I helped them open one and in two years we had a second store open and in two more years we were getting ready to do a third when the opportunity to come home back to Tuscaloosa came up and you know, as they say, the history, that's, 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 that's it. Was it was, that's how it was it always written. Yeah. So I, 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 I'd like to say I haven't had a whole lot of control over any of it. Um, it, it just kind of always 
manifests itself. Well, can you tell us about any misconceptions that you hear about your industry? Interesting. I don't know. Do you have any? Um... I mean, there are, there are so many. And I think the one that stands out for me that, that probably I hate the most because I've been in the restaurant industry too, as, as a server is that, um, that good service is, mm, I, I like to put it, I like to put it in a nice way that, um, good service is something that, um, is easy or, um, It's really a tangled, when we get into restaurant service, it becomes a tangled web, doesn't it? I think it and can. It's really hard, and it's really hard to iterate it. But the, um, the waitresses and the servers, they're not responsible for what happens in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. uh, there's, there's a whole chain of factors that feed into what happens with you at the table. Okay. And, um, and if any one of those things is off, then your table is going to be, your table is going to be affected. Mm -hmm. um, the, I, I, I think if people came in with less of an idea about being entitled to flawless service and more understanding about how complex the restaurant industry is and how hard people work in order to ensure that your table service and your experience is as close to flawless, but definitely excellent whatever that is at that moment. Yeah. Well, number one, um, nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. Um, yeah. In a, in a shift, we've, we've got somewhere probably around 20 employees who have all got to work together and be on the same page and communicate everything that needs to be communicated. And it is darn near impossible. Um, mm -hmm. But you know, it's one of those things that we work on every day and it starts at the beginning in training. Um, our training process is, is, is pretty tough. It's a two to three week process and it's a, I think, 78 fill in the blank test that you got to mm -hmm. pass before you can wait a table. And it takes, it covers everything that you could possibly cover to, to, to be able to answer the questions. You know, it's, it, you know, it's, it's difficult to teach someone who just turned 21 and doesn't know how I have a lot of knowledge about scotch whiskey. Right. And it's, it's, it's yeah. hard to teach and it, the difference between a red and a white grape and, and what it pairs with. And, you know, not only that is how do you teach it if you've got a, a kid, cause that's a 21 year old as a kid. Mm -hmm. um, who, it's just not their priority. Their priority is school as it should be. Um, but you know, the, the answer is, is we, we can all kind of work together. We, we do a lot of teamwork and team building. We meet all the time. Um, we have meetings every day before shifts and post shifts. And um, we meet as a whole group in restaurant quarterly uh, to make sure that we're all on the same page. And even still, even with all that meeting, you know, we're, we're not perfect and, and never going to be perfect. So, um, yeah, I, I kind of equate it to a, a symphony and it, when you got all those different instruments and all those different people and, you know, in a symphony, you, you almost have to be perfect. If you got the wrong instrument and you're off a little bit, 
everybody's going to know. And you can kind of cover it up here and there, but yeah, that's, that's just kind of you, you get there for that big concert, and boy, everybody better be hitting, hitting their better notes. Be every note, right? <laughs> those people paid money to come see you. So <laughs> I know I love to think of my restaurant experiences as being community experiences. I like to know my wait staff. I like to know my bartender. I mm -hmm. like to know the owner. Um, I like to come in and have a community experience that maybe is not flawless, but it is connecting. And that is something that you offer over at Southern Ale House. You've got servers that have been with you for a long time. You've got the same bartender. They remember you. I think you go into um, Southern Ale House for a community experience. That's my feeling. Well, I think I think that's fair, and that that's certainly one of those aspects that we we work really hard on. You um, know, and, and we do. We we have staff that truly cares. That, that 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 they do. They remember you. They they know who you are. If you're a regular customer, I mean, they know. Mm -hmm. um, and um, so we're pretty we're we've been pretty fortunate on that end. Well, tell me, what do you do for fun when you're not working? Oh, um, so. I work. What's the answer here? So I, I've got a ten-year-old. Um, so when I'm not working, I, we, we try to do as much family time as we can. Um, we're really into sports. Um, we, we, we play on a travel soccer team, um, which is a lot of fun. So we have our own little soccer travel family, if you will. Um, and, and and we travel. Um, my my wife and I decided. Uh, my kid, my son's ten. Um, and when he was probably four or five, we said, Hey, I, I think a, something we should try to obtain is to get him to all 50 States by the time he graduates high school. So he is, he's 10, he turned 10 in May and he is at 26 States. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, which makes it interesting to, to plan plan vacations and trips and, and how to, how to get all those states. So we're going to the week after Christmas, we always close the restaurant uh, to give everybody a week off and to clean it and make sure we're all ready for the new year. Um, we go on a trip every year. This year we're going to Philadelphia, a couple of days in Delaware, a couple of days in New Jersey, obviously in uh, Pennsylvania. So we'll knock three more states off in four days and five days. That's an amazing goal. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great sort of bucket list thing, but you're going to try to do it before your child turns 18. That's, well, that's, that's, that's the goal. You know, what's become interesting is now you have, he's really big into soccer and he wants to go to England to see an English premier league game. And I have to say, Hey, we, we still have 24 <laughs> other States that we have to hit. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. England. <laughs> whoa, buddy. Hey, Justin, let's switch, uh, let's switch subjects and okay. talk about, you know, uh, a hardship or a life challenge that um, you rose above and you can say now that it's made you better. Okay. Um, you know, I've, I, I've got, I've got two and one is just a standard. My, my father owned part of a sign company, Night Sign Industries. I'm not sure if you've heard of it, but they manufacture signs. Um, been around for a long time and he's worked there since he came to school at Alabama. So well over 40 years. Um, not that he's going to hear this or age him or anything like that, but 
I started working when I was 13 and um, I couldn't do much sweep floors and um, empty trash. So not a very big guy, but they had empty pallets, obviously signage and things would come in on these large pallets. And my task was to get a hammer and break down the pallets and arrange the wood in similar sizes. Okay. Um, Obviously they just had nothing else for me to do and just wanted me to, you know, hit wood with hammers, I guess. I don't really know. But in the summertime in Alabama, outside, swinging a hammer and breaking down pallets, um, you know, was not a lot of fun. And it was hard work and a lot of blisters. You know, and after that, nothing really seemed too difficult. I, I don't know if I've ever had a job that I just felt, man, this is this is tough or I just I don't think anything could be as difficult as that you know, as far as manual labor goes. OK, so that, that's number one. I, I think that's kind of, that always instilled a, a work ethic. Um, and, you know, me, I have a philosophy that, you know, I'm, my my employees should always see me working. I work with them. I really do. I'm, I'm inside the, these doors all the time. And, uh, and if there's an employee I haven't worked with in a while, then I'll make it a point to go work a shift just so that I can touch that employee. Um, and they don't even know that, by the way, they don't, they have no idea that that's why I'm there. Um, but, uh, I just, I think it's important they're they're representing me and, and my family. Um, I should certainly take the time to work alongside of them and, and, um, you know, give them that, that respect. So, um, number two would, would certainly be the, the COVID year. You know, the COVID year was an interesting year. It was a tough year. Um, we, um, the unknown, obviously for everybody was difficult. You know, it's the restaurant world took a, took quite a hit and, you know, however you want to look at that fairly or unfairly, it is, that is what happened. Um, and, uh, you know, we had to make some pretty quick adjustments to, to survive it and to make sure that our employees were okay and could provide for their families and to make sure that the business didn't go under because then we're no help to anybody if, if we can't do that. So, you know, it was in that, that kind of the, what do you want to call it? Two months, three months during shutdown, um, we we kind of we set the goal from the beginning. Hey, we're going we're going to run this place like it we're open, and we're going to schedule people, and we're going to sweep and mop and clean every day. And um, we we have Pat's Florist, good friends. They bring a fresh bouquet of flowers weekly. Um, put it right in front of the restaurant. Um, we uh, we maintain that. They asked what they could do, and I said just bring the flowers. We'll put them up front and we're going, it's business as usual. Um, and I think that that strategy helped us. I think a lot of people, especially in our area, responded to it um, and uh, and supported us and, and, and helped us get through it. So, and we, we came out thriving. Yeah. Yeah. Southern Ale House is it, <clears throat> I mean, I've said it before, it's truly a community organization, you know, not just a restaurant, but someplace where the community can come together. And um, you did stay open. As a matter of fact, when a lot of the businesses just closed right up, 
and became, an, again, a resource for the community, but in a different way. So I like the way you pivoted there. You know, it was not business as usual, but you knew there was a need for you and you stood open and you um, you filled that need. And for us, excuse my froggy throat. No. Um, but that's, you know, that's a, that's a terrific part of how you all do business in this community. But um, so we're at the end of, um, you know, our time, but would you like to leave our listeners with one more thing you wish that they would come away with about your business? Well, I, I, you know, I, I hope that the things that we do in, in this community and, and, and certainly within the Southern L house and, and our growth kind of speak for themselves. Um, at least that's kind of the, the plan and the point of it all. Um, and if we've done our job correctly, they, they, they will, and they do. Um, but you know, we, we've got a small business and I say small business, but you know, we've got Southern L house and we've got a good size catering business. But I tell you what, a lot of people don't know when gourmet kitchen, who's on the opposite end of our, um, our building, our shopping center, um, decided they're going to focus more on uh, selling to grocery stores and bulk and that sort of thing is, which is that's what they should do that they've got a lot of potential to do that. And they're, they're great friends. Um, but they left their space and we have taken over that space. We took over it in July and it's our catering kitchen. Um, so between those two and uh, the Delhi press, which is coming yeah, just for your listeners in a week, um, they, uh, there may not be an open sign on the door, but there's a coming soon sign and it'll be taken down on Monday. And at that point, people can come and go. Just try not to bombard us as we as we try, <laughs> as we try to figure it out. Because there it is. It's a it's a it's a whole nother story trying to figure That's out really how, exciting. how to run something different. So that's super exciting. I hope I remember everyone who asked about it. And so I can call them and let them know that you're going to be opening up next Monday. Yeah. How can listeners learn more about, um, well, Southern Ale House, but also Delhi Press? What's the well, best way for them to get a hold I mean, of you? At this point, I guess we all know is uh, SouthernAleHouse.com and the DelhiPress.com. And both websites are actually up up and running. And, and um, the Delhi Press website's running. Menus posted on there. And, and, and that sort of thing. So you can either go there or come on to the store. Let us feed you. Awesome. Okay. It was so great to sit with you. Thank you so much, oh, Justin. Absolutely. This has been great. It's been wonderful. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Good Neighbor Podcast Northport. To nominate your favorite local businesses to be featured on the show, go to gnpnorthport.com. That's gnpnorthport.com. Or call... 205-809-4910.